Fresher Than Your Father podcast. We are the champions, my friend. Because <laughs> we kept on fighting till the end. I didn't do anything, though. Bang! What, what, which number is this? I think it's 55. 55. Yeah. It's a powerful number. It sounds like a powerful number. That's right. That's right. Because when I'm 55, the Cavs still will have won the championship. <laughs> <laughs> so major, man. I'm giddy. Still in shock, but giddy. It's just unbelievable. It really is. You didn't make it back for the parades? I did not. I did not. I always thought that I would. I like I, I used mm-hmm. to say, man, there's no way I won't. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it was one of those things I think like the the fact that it happened was really dope. And the people that went had like a really mixed bag of experiences. A lot of standing, a lot of waiting, but also just a lot of fun and like there's a, a parade in Cleveland because somebody won a championship. It's pretty dope. It's amazing, man. It's amazing. It's so funny because it's like last year I was rooting for Golden State just because kind of on that West Coast, Golden State, I always liked the Golden State teams and they were finally good and Curry is fun to watch, blah, blah, blah. I mean, obviously not over my Blazers, but once they made to the finals. And even though I definitely wanted Cleveland to get a ring, like LeBron already had a ring, blah, 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 you know, a couple of them. And I'm a big LeBron fan. But anyway, that was last year. This year, you know, I kind of was ambivalent. But I was like, all right, Golden State's cool. They're fun to watch. And then yeah. at a certain point, I, I didn't turn into the hater that some people are mm. um, about Golden State. But, like, right. I kind of, like, it kind of clicked in my head. Like, what am I doing? Like, like this is Cleveland needs to win this shit. Cause, yeah. Because it's, it's the same thing as Portland. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like these cities, they they need this. Yeah, they need the win. So yeah, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun. It was fun to see, and that yeah. that last game was so amazing. So, I mean, I'm obsessive anyway, and like when, because you know, obviously, our all the fresher than your father heads know. I'm also a big Spurs fan. So when the Spurs win the title, like I would watch those games over and over again after. But I swear, not a day has gone by where I haven't watched some segment of. Game seven, because <laughs> there's all these little clips on YouTube of like the last two minutes of the game on a video that's like eight minutes, right? Uh-huh. So you get uh, the LeBron block, the Kyrie shot, the uh, the I guess you call it the love stand. I don't know. That was shady. Like like Curry definitely wasn't healthy because there's no way he gets stopped by Kevin Love on the perimeter. But that's a whole nother thing. And then you get LeBron's dunk and uh, Oscar-worthy performance of I'm, I'm shot, like when he he was writhing on the floor for about five minutes. <laughs> so you get all that, and uh, yeah, yeah, and a little bit of the celebration. This is a blast. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's man. great, great, great. It's a lot of fun. But I, so if it, they weren't playing the Cavs, I'm pretty sure I would have been rooting for Golden State. Because it seemed like, like, one, they were great. But then also, the way I felt was that 
if you win 73 games, you can only do that if you're respecting all of your opponents, right? Like, there's never a game where you're kind of blowing it off. There's never a game where you're like, where you're like, you know, fuck it, I don't care about the fans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a little, it's a little disingenuous because there were plenty of games where they were kind of goofing off and then it's just in the fourth quarter they turn it on. But <clears throat> I just thought that was, that was worthy of respect, right? Like to, to just, to treat the game like seriously and to really come out and try to win every single game. I thought that was really, yeah, absolutely. that was, that was significant. And then it was crazy is that they lost because they didn't do that anymore. Like they just, after game four or whatever, they were like, ah, fuck it. We got these dudes. It just entered into bullshit mode. It was weird. It was and then of course, LeBron kicked it up and all about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but it turned into a great. Mm-hmm. I thought it turned into a great finals. You know, was, what I mean? yeah, yep. yeah. It, you know, fired up for everybody back home. Yeah, yeah, it's a cool thing. And then you know, I gotta say, right now, you know, the the Cleveland Indians are in the middle of a big winning streak, and my nightmare was always that not a nightmare, but I was always worried that like. The Indians and that racist ass Chief Wahoo logo were going to be the first Cleveland team to win a title. Yep. And I would have no reason to celebrate, to join in. I would just feel bitter and disappointed that a bunch of asshats would feel comfortable continually rocking what, what my homie, uh, William Johnson calls, uh, Little Red Sambo. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> I'm, I'm really happy that I could celebrate a title and turn my attention to shitting on everybody who's uh, selfish and douchey enough to continue to rock a little red Sambo because it makes them feel good. Word. Right, I'm it off my soapbox now. Word. It's so bad. Have we talked about Chief Wahoo on here before? I think we've, we've mentioned it. Oh, um, my gosh, man. I just, I don't know. I just want people to grow up. It's so ridiculous. Like, how are we? All right. It's, it's no, it's, it's out of control, man. What it's, the fuck are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Like, look at that thing. And, like, all right, so even if nobody said anything, like, even if, you know, the the people in the Native community, Indian community, you know, there's several people identify different ways. But even if the people for whom this is a direct caricature, misrepresentation, fucking foul racist image, even if they said nothing, just on a certain human level, you'd hope people will go, you know. Yeah. Let's just not do things like this if we don't have to. Yeah. Just not do shit like this, but no, no. Yeah, no. it's it's just so obviously basic, and it's just like what? Yeah, what are we doing? And and then I'm so disappointed, man, in the black community in Cleveland, because it's why it's important. I think the homie calls it little red sambo, because if that was a little black sambo, obviously everybody would be up in arms. But there's so many black people rocking that cheap wahoo, and I just oh. Like, come on. Come on. It's just crazy, like, the the overall, um, like, sports. Like, I feel yeah. like there's it, it this, it, it, it's, it's, and I'd say primarily, you know, 99% it's dudes. Like, dudes oh. just re- are ready to give a pass on, on anything if it's, re- if it's related to sports. Yeah, just, just dudes. Every you know of 
of basically all backgrounds that are in, in American sports at least. I don't know how it is overseas or whatever, but like, right. like right. oh, you know, that's obviously extremely homophobic or that's obviously extremely racist, but it's sports, so I'm 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 gonna look the other way. Right. You right. Know. Shoot, like, like feeling good about my city uh, in terms of the Cavs, even that is looking past some really racist shit that happened when LeBron left. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot mm-hmm. of people who are celebrating today. Like, that's Scott Rabdu. I know I'm sure I brought this up before, but like, there's that Believe Land documentary that came out that he was a producer on. So, Scott Rabb, you know what I'm talking about? I don't, dude... No, I mean, I know about the Believe Land, but I don't know about who Scott Rabb is. So, Scott Rabb is this guy who used to write for Esquire, I think. And so when LeBron left, he wrote a book called The Horror of Akron. And it was, uh, you know, about LeBron leaving. Wow. Right? So this dude, like, really comes out of his fucking face with calling a grown man, a black man, a whore. Like, how is that no. in any way acceptable on any level just from him his people, people who know him. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident people in his life told him. I would hope people in his life told him, nah, man, you can't do this. Yeah. To publishers and then media outlets. And this dude, like, he's a producer on the Believe Land thing. He's always on, like, like one time when I was on a, 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 a what do you call it? The Huff Post Live? Yeah. Shout out Lil Wood. The fucking Scott Rabb is on. And, like, y- your homie, Whatever his name is, uh, uh, the dude who was hosting it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. About? Not Mark Lamont Hill, or is it Mark Lamont Hill? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is Mark Lamont Hill. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm the one getting shitted on because I like the Spurs and I'm from Cleveland. Meanwhile, the horror of Akron dude is okay. So a lot of people are chill with it. So anyway, he comes back, and in the Believe Land movie, he's talking about how he cried when LeBron came back, right? And then, you know, they're redoing it after they won, and he's on the Dan Patrick show. This is the other thing. Like, I consumed every fucking possible discussion or talk about the title I could I could find. Uh-huh. So radio shows I never listened to. I was like, what's the podcast? I want to hear them talk about the title. There's Scott Rabb on it. Of course, he's like, oh, yeah, I if I could go back, I would change the title. No shit you would go back. But why did you do it in the first place? And why is everybody exactly. co-signing you, calling a grown-ass man a whore? Because he chose to do what he was the right. He exercised the right that his union collectively negotiated him to have the right to do. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, even as like my feeling good about my city is is feeling good for I won't say a majority, but a significant and problematic chunk of people that were really fucking racist and trashy about the fact that LeBron left. I, mean, I wasn't thrilled about it, <clears throat> but you know, damn sure wasn't coming out of my mouth calling a grown man a whore in public. Nah, nah. Yeah. So, and this dude is just—he's out here, man. All these shows, ESPN, like, I... <laughs> it's just it's so offensive, man. It really is. It really is. But why should we be surprised that yep. you know the Redskins yep. can ride and Chief yep. Wahoo can ride? And... Yeah. Yeah. And there's really a show on Fox called All Takes Matter. That's real, right? Oh, there is. Is it? Is it? Is it? Is that the name of the show, or is that? Might just, be. I don't is know. Is that just what what Deadspin is 
calling the show? I don't know. You're looking it up. Yeah, I'm looking it up. I hear the keys of clarity typing in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I see all these dead spin links. Yeah. It's like a call a calling cowherd show, but I think it might be real. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It just makes me fucking Yeah, man, I don't know. Like I loved watching basketball this year, but and I know I was it's kind of tainted that the Oregon Ducks didn't do too well last season, but I got to say like I'm like as football season approaches, I'm just like I'm more and more uh hesitant to dive in. Mm-hmm. Like what so much of the sport, like so much sports, like like the kind of these kind of things that we've been talking about, kind of the the people who feed off sports in these offensive and fucked up ways, um, by like you know demonizing and belittling and saying really offensive shit about the people, you know, the actual players and stuff, right? And then the actual sports themselves too, like the owners and all that, like. Like, I don't know if I can, like, watch, like, college football and, like, mm-hmm. feel it's – I have to really put aside a whole moral chunk of my brain. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and the scandals and shit that are coming out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. But there's – this is all, like, just a part of a broader – I've been thinking so much more and more recently about just maleness. Mm-hmm. And like you were pointed out, these male sports fans, males are just so out of pocket, man. Mm-hmm. Just really, really out of pocket. And it just comes through in all these really, just really shitty ways. I don't know. I don't know. Did you catch the article in the LA Times by um, longtime sports writer? I forget his name now. Dude, who admitted after Pat Summit died that he um like how he had been disrespectful and and how he had just kind of gone with the male flow of sports commentary and not chosen to go to certain WNBA and other games that he knew would be more better stories and more exciting than the you know the bullshit trade press conference that he would choose to go to for you know the nba instead right 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 wow no i hadn't hadn't not that i want to highlight another male voice on that stuff but it was just an interest it was a it was a well it was a well done article yeah yeah Yeah. well one thing i i think i was wondering about like after pat summit died because you hear all this like oh she changed women's sports and she's you know so important for women's basketball and all that stuff but it seems to me if you succeed at that level and you know how coaches, you hear these stories all the time about coaches going to see other coaches for inspiration and ideas and stuff like that. Either A, she like was influential on male basketball or, you know, on all of basketball, but on men's basketball in some kind of passive ways, like dudes would just watch that shit mm-hmm. and see what she was doing and pick up ideas or you which is problematic because if those if coaches didn't go see her, then they're just being like sexist douchebags. Like you can't succeed at that level and not mm-hmm. 
not have something to share to other people or dudes were going to see her and then not coming out and talking about it. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's like, in that sense, the male voice would have been important for people to come out and say, Oh no, 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 no. She was influential to all of basketball or, mm-hmm. you know, we as, as like, we need to take away this gender thing because, you know, all of us as coaches learn so much from her as just a coach and not a coach of women's basketball. I, I don't know. I, I didn't really delve too much into it. I just haven't really been soaking up anything but Cavs stuff. But <laughs> word, word, yeah, 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 yeah. Sports, man, it's, it's dirty shit for real. <laughs> it is, man. It is. It, it is. is. Uh, but yeah. the, but the basketball was was good this season. Yeah. Um, I feel like there was some. There were some exciting moments. I don't know if these playoffs were anything super special, but there were some good there were some good moments in between. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching the Blazers series. All the games were close. Yep. Um, so that was fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it had to be somewhat gratifying to see. Uh, I don't know if gratifying is the right word, but I'm sure you weren't surprised to see a Lamarcus Aldridge team in the Spurs not go super far <laughs> i mean slightly you know like yeah i still really like lamarcus though so like in the end i'm not mad if he gets a ring you know what i mean like i'm happy i'm happy if he gets a ring um you know like uh i, I was actually more happy that the um oklahoma city i'm still my grudge is still hard there yeah you know even though yeah, I yeah, really, yeah. I wouldn't mind individuals getting rings, but I just, yeah. Which again, that's, that's probably really, ultimately, that kind of grudge is stupid and, and ridiculous. You know what I mean? Like, that I would be angry about, um, I mean, it's about Seattle, but like Seattle treated that team crappy too. So, I, you know, like I I don't know. Yeah. There's, there's so much kind of bs going on in seattle right now i guess like with people trying to get a new team over there and like i don't know like you know like how it's intersecting with like the really the really ridiculous like awful gentrification in seattle and and the urban planning and the taxes and stuff and like the people fighting against a new team some of more of my friends are like they're on that that's the right side of the fucking issue you know what i mean like right um so it's, I don't know, it's that old school sports, you know, when I was a kid type thing in my brain telling me, oh, man, with the Sonics, man, yeah, but, you know, like. Right, right. Yeah. The bigger shit. It, it is. Like all of these things. I mean, it's. I think it's more pronounced in NFL where they're just kind of a repugnant group yeah, of owners yeah. that are keep fleecing cities. Yep. And making people pay for, you know. But in basketball, too, I mean, the city of Milwaukee, I'm pretty sure, is ponying up a lot of cash for these billionaires to build the new Bucks Arena. Word. And, you know, it's bad for the city, I think, in a lot of ways. Because really, that arena, at least in terms of the actual basketball team, which is largely why they're doing it, that's only 41 days out of a year mm-hmm. that it's bringing money in that form into the city. I mean, maybe more if you count preseason games, blah, blah, blah. But. It's not. It's fucked up. It's a problem. But yeah, I mean, we got these emotional connections. It's weird. 
It's weird. And the emotional, like, like, okay, so I've, I've already begun feeling anxious about the coming year. Right? Like, the glow of the title doesn't last super long when it's your hometown team. Because immediately I'm like, oh, we lost Delvadova. Oh, uh-huh. oh, the Celtics got Horford. Uh-huh. Oh, fuck. Here we go. You know. <laughs> it's totally irrational. It's so crazy, man. It it's is. so crazy. Admittedly, I've moved on to uh, my grasping for sports this weekend ongoing right now, I think, um, is the uh, Olympic trials for track and field. So, A word. That's what I'm checking for right now. Word. Um, yeah. That is, yeah. See what I can catch in between everything else. Yeah. Every four years, all these sports come out of nowhere that you don't. We don't talk about mm-hmm. any other time, but they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right on. Right so, on. Um, yeah. Pregnant pause. You know, we're tired. <laughs> <laughs> so much has changed since we started this podcast. We started this podcast almost exactly six years ago. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it slowed down a little bit. The last the last episode was before the season started, the NBA season. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I think it took me a couple months to put it online, but... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, these yeah. kids, these school programs, yep. these partners, yep. these jobs. All good things. All good things. All good things. All good things. I think we should... um. I think we should. Uh, so the last podcast ended on a, on a pretty upbeat, amazing note. Hmm. Where you on air as we were recording made an incredible digging find. Oh, that's right. That's right. You just happened to roll up on online on Amazon and yep. cop the Jack Wilkins. For a very reasonable p- price, so dope, so classic, so dope. So happy when I played it when it got home. Slight hiss, but that's that's we're we're in on that. We're you know we dig for records. Slight yeah. hisses, yeah. It's part of the part of the deal. What's that going for right now on Discogs? Oh hey, there's one for sale for hundred and twenty five dollars. Get out! I should flip this. <laughs> <laughs> Baby need a new pair of shoes. I'm not flipping that, man. <laughs> we'll keep it that, but man, classic come up, man. It is a classic come up. But we have homies, shout out, shout out, that are into this flipping, flipping of records. We do. Cats. It's an interesting. It's an interesting thing. I might have to flip a couple things re- soon. Yeah, I got I got some crates coming back from Portland this summer. And uh, and I need to downsize a little bit, you know what yep. I mean? I need a little bit of a purge, and yep. uh, and and cleanse the stacks of joints that that I know have been sitting there for like ten years and just haven't been they haven't been listened to, you know what yep. I mean? Yeah. Some of these jazz joints I bought for samples, which were cool, but mm-hmm. someone else would enjoy them. I wanted to talk about recent digging missions, digging trips. Right on. Complain about some spots. Man. 
tell some stories. Ian, what are these people out here doing? What are they out here doing? Constant refrain of Fresher Than Your Father podcast. You'd expect nothing less than us com- complaining about these 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 spots. <laughs> I'm, I'm anxious to hear okay. the, how these people are violating. So I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to go go in too hard. Cats have been telling me about this spot outside of D.C. Okay. Um. Yeah, you know, like I heard it was a little pricey, but they had come ups. Right on. So we had to hit the wedding in Charlottesville, VA, last weekend. Mm-hmm. We made the drive, the took the road trip down. And, you know, special shout out to uh, my partner. Shout um, out. For allowing some stops along the way at these record stores. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Hit up hit, hit up Jupiter Records in Wilmington, Delaware. That was kind oh. of a cool spot. I think you've been yeah. there, right? No, no, no. I just have wanted to. Yeah. It had been on my, my radar. Right on. They are lacking the listening station. But... Yeah. Cool peoples, my man was like, "Feel free to bring the portable in," you know, like. And the back room had all these forty fives. I mean, I couldn't really go through almost any of them, but, but it was um, it was cool, cool spot. Uh huh. And then, so we hit this spot outside DC. I've been hearing about. And, I get there an hour before it closes. I walk in the spot, and dude is there, the owner and. And he's like, he immediately like, he like, I don't want to say he comes at me. It's a, it's a good vibe, but he's like, welcome to the store. What you looking for? Where are you coming from? All right. And I was like, uh, you know, because I tried to play cool, right? Oh, yeah. you know, jazz, rock. I'm, I'm into all kinds of stuff. Right. And he's like, well, let me, let me break down how this is all, you know, how the store is put together. Over here, we got the soul records. R&B. All alphabetical, all priced, 5, 10, 20, 25. Over here, the rock records, same pricing, 5, 10, 20, 25. I got the special sections. Over here, Elvis. Over here, just Beatles. Mono pressings down here. You know, again, between 10, 25. Down here, the singles, below. Everything alphabetical, got a special section over here, just Funkadelic. Over here, just James Brown. Over here, just Aretha. Over here, two two bins of Motown, alphabetical, 5, 10, 25. <laughs> I'm like, that's cool. He's and I'm like, and I'm like, what about the jazz? He's like, the jazz back in there in the corner. I gotta get it ready for you. I gotta move some things around. Give me a few minutes. I'll let you know. <laughs> and and then on the other side of the store, there's like CDs. And there's like a bunch of 45s. Okay. So I'm like, all right, this is interesting, right? Um, And uh, and he's like, you're not going to be able to get through everything today. I suggest you coming back. You know, you got about an hour to see what you can get through. But, uh, you know, we'll make it worth it. He's kind of hype. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So a couple other people in the spot, they leave after like 10 or 15 minutes. You know, like in, like, I'd say, you know, six or seven minutes, he's like, all right, got the jazz ready for you. Um, you know, just, again, it's let me show you how it breaks down. 
up here, 5, 10, 15, 20, 5, you know, whatever it is, alphabetical. Down here in the second row, we got kind of the more popular artists, Herbie Hancock, you know, the classic organists, uh, Jack McDuff, um, you know, just the, the, the classics down here. He's like, uh, I'm going to get my man to bring out a box, a little, little more expensive pieces, up to $50, between 25 and 50 You can check that out if you want. And then he, like, motions to his man in the back. He's like, yo, bring out the, the other box. <laughs> and I'm like, do you have, like, a new arrival section? And he's like, no, no, no. Like, everything goes straight in. And these these bins are packed, right? So this is definitely like kind of like at the Philly flea market. Like you gotta pull, you gotta pull a stack out so you can actually get through the bin because they're just right. packed. He's putting right, the right. records directly in. Yeah. So his man brings out the uh, the box, and then I'm the only customer in the store at this point, right? So his man is, is talking. The, the vibe is cool. I mean, it's a little weird, but it's it's cool. His man is like, yo. These, you know, 25 to 50 joints. Uh, just let me know if you need anything. They had some of the little chairs. He's like, here's a little chair you can sit in while you look through the records. You know, just let us know. I looked through the 25 to 50 joints. This is some cool stuff. Again, I'd say the price is a little, little on the high end, but I think probably looking at, they're probably looking at Discogs and everything, right? Right, right, right. And then he sees a couple of the things I'm kind of checking out and I'm pulling and so his man is like, yeah, I can see you kind of like a beat, like a beat digger. He's like, he's like, if you, because I look through the whole 25 to 50 and I don't pull anything out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, he's like, you know, we got a little, we got a little, you know, a few extras in the back, the champagne room, if you want to check it out. <laughs> champagne room? <laughs> Wow. So I was like, yeah, let's do it, right? I don't I only have like half an hour left, 20 minutes left. So I go back in the champagne room. <laughs> and he's like he's like, "All right, he's like, yo, this this so it's like shelves, right? So he's like, this shelf is all the it's like original jazz into kind of the the the, the funk soul jazz fusion stuff." Just like, you know, this is the real, this is the high-end stuff, right? Yeah. This whole this whole shelf across. I'd say probably like, you know, it was probably like 150 records or something, right? Wow. So starting off with like, you know, original Blue Notes and huh. then moving into like, you know, like a Galt McDermott soundtrack and uh, stuff like that. So they yeah. had, including two copies, so you know the group Soul, right? Uh-huh. Oh, Yeah. So two copies of the second Soul record with the blue letters, the uh -huh. blue curvy red letters, and one copy of the original Soul record, the the the, the classic, right? How much do they want for that one? So exactly. So I see the the copy of the original Soul record, and I'm like, all right, no price tag on this. How much is this? And he's like, oh man, you know, in this condition, probably like you know, uh, probably uh, one twenty five, one fifty. Which, for that record, isn't that bad. No. Right? No. Yeah, I'm thinking, like, okay. Last time I saw it, it was on the wall, $300, New York. Wow. Um, but I'm looking at it, and the, and the the condition is not good. 
Mm-hmm. The condition is not, it's not looking too great, right? Right. Like, there's very obvious, like, scratches on the record and shit, right? So I'm like, eh, we'll see. And then they had Dorothy Ashby harping, I think, the one on, not the, not the, not the other with the ruby out, but the the one that's been repressed a bunch with the the red, black, and green cover. Yeah. Like I think it's the harpening, which yep. I've been after. Like I love Dorothy Ashby, and yep. I'm like, this is an original. Like I was like, I, I've never seen an original. I've only seen the repeat. So yeah, that's an original. Again, and it was fifty bucks. I pull it out. It's not looking good, the record itself. And they had some other things. So long story short, I know I'm, I'm going off. No, no, no. Such a, such a, and he's cool. He's like asking me. He's like, oh man, New York. Like, so what are the stores? You know, what are the stores that are going on now? You know, like I know a lot of clothes in my Manhattan. Everything's in Brooklyn now. Academy. You know, he hadn't heard of Co-op 87, but he's like, you know, like what are the stores? Blah blah blah. He's a real cool dude. Yeah. So I finally like I take those couple records out, and then my my man comes in from the other side, and he's like, he's like, oh yeah, the Soul record. Oh, that's a great record. He's like. He's like, yeah, you know, buck fifty is a good price, and um, <laughs> they're pushing. You know, they're really trying to sell me on this. You know. Oh sure. And and uh, and so I go around over to the listening station, and these these records are not in good condition. Mm-hmm. Like the Dorothy Ashby is just straight crunchy the whole way through, just oh. like like yeah. I can hear the music, but it's just. You can't sell a record in that condition for 50 bucks. I don't give a shit what the record is. No. No, 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 no. You just can't. You know no. what I mean? Like, no. no. 10 bucks, maybe 15, okay. But like... Yeah. And like, at that, yeah. th- that point, you're selling it for the cover. Exactly. Yeah. Like, like that's just not... It, honestly, it's not cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's trying to get over on people. Mm-hmm. And, they're, and so, then the soul record, again, the same kind of thing. It wasn't that bad. But it was crackly the whole way through. If you had if you had sold it to that record to me for fifty, I would have done it. But not for a hundred and fifty. The mm-hmm. fuck out of here. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like so I'm like, yeah, and, and the owner's like, I you know, my my record's in, in that kind of condition too. It's hard to find this kind of record. But I bet he didn't pay hundred and fifty bucks for his copy. You know? No, and he didn't pay hundred and fifty dollars for the copy he's trying to sell you. Exactly. Exactly. And he's like, you know, last week on Discogs it went for two twenty. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking now. Discogs is fucking up the game out here. I so <laughs> <laughs> then he pulls this other joint, some other dude, Walter something. He's like, you know about this record? And like the name of the record, like dudes in like the fucking robe and the name of the record is like the Soul Messiah or something. It's some seventies stuff, right? Right. And and I'm like, nah, is it cool? He's like, oh man, you know, this is this is the heaviest, right? So he's like, you gotta check this out. So I, I flip the record over, and the price tag on the record says 250. And I put the record on, man. <laughs> <laughs> there were like a couple grooves. There were no open drum breaks. That all the songs melted into cheese. You know what I mean? I'm sure it's a rare record. But there was not. It wasn't a record you put on, you know. Like I feel like there's records you can put on, like the Soul record, right? You can put right. on the Soul record and be like, "Wow, like this is, this is phenomenal music." You know right. what I mean? Right, right, right. 
But right. this was just like another like to me this was like another like kind of funky out jazz piece from 1972, you know? Like 20 bucks, but 250 and I was no no no. So I put those back in the fucking champagne room. Then then homeboy runs <laughs> over to me while like as I'm doing that, he comes over with he's like we just got these in, right? So he starts he's like he's like you got this, you got these ball and jack joints and I I mean I know this sounds this sounds you know I'm gonna make myself sound ridiculous, but I was like, yeah, I got that one, I got that one, I got that one, because he's showing me cool, good records, but sure. it's like Foster Silvers, cool, that's a great record, and he was yeah. kind of showing to me like he was kind of trying to put me on like, oh, but you know, you know about these guys, Ball and Jack, and I was like, yep, got all of them, yeah, and and like, and he wanted like ridiculous prices for those too, you know, not like 150, but like, sure. So he's like, I just got all this boogie in. Check this out. Check this out. Again, like these guys were really cool. They wanted to talk about records, but there's that 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 other message, which is like, come on, man, you're a beathead. Like, look at this cool stuff. Why aren't you Why aren't you buying this? And I felt like I couldn't be like, dude, you're trying to pass off shitty condition records for real money. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it was crazy because he had some really good records in there, but it yeah. was it was and so then I left and then you feel bad, right? I left when they closed, and I'm like, yo, thanks so much, guys. You know, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay it, you know, I'm gonna keep up with you on Instagram, you know, like. But I could tell they were kind of like they were kind of like, cool, 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 yeah, peace, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. The champagne room. I the can't get past room. it. The champagne room, man. Man, it's such a double-edged sword. Like you, it's kind of nice that that cats are like invested like that. But then, slow down, pa. Yeah, man. Slow down. So you didn't buy anything. I didn't buy anything, man. And honestly, what was crazy is that same weekend, oh, he had a gig in D.C. Uh huh. So he hit them up the next day. Uh-huh. He went back to the fucking champagne room. He, you know, he got the, he got, I don't know if it was quite as big of a sales push as I got, but he, you know, he vibed with those guys. And his yeah. reaction was the same. He didn't see some of the conditions, but he was like, those prices are out of control. Like, what are you doing? You know, especially like in the D.C. suburbs. He's like, okay, if I walk into like a Manhattan record store, maybe I'll see those prices. But what What's going right. on here? You know right, I mean? right, 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 right. Um, and he walked out with nothing too. He was like, "Cool dudes, but I'm not, you know, I'm not paying that money." I mean, is anybody coming up on on those records? Like, is somebody really going to drop? I guess you kind of need a toy to drop some cash. Like some of these newer cats. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that'll that'll drop some dough on. I would feel bad. Whoever whoever they passed that Dorothy Ashby off onto, because that one was in such bad condition, like that was where I was like, like the Soul record, I can see someone who's been after that record forever and they have the extra cash being like cool, like right, right, you know, all you know, like maybe bartering it down to 120 or even 100 and being yeah. like cool, like I'm, I'm never gonna see this, you know, right. for another 15 years. Let me grab it, but like. You, uh, records in that shitty condition like 
I don't know, man. Because the thing is, it's not like it's not like you need these records for the music anymore, right? Like if you're if you're a if you're I don't even know if you have to be a DJ. Like these MP3s are out yep. here. Yep. Somebody's ripped those. Somebody's got them in a good condition off of a good copy. Yep. Like they're out here. They can be had. If you know the right DJs, you know the right heads, you're in the right crew, you can get those MP3s. So you're not going to drop the cheese. You're not going to drop $125 for the music. You're dropping it to say you have the record. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe for the fidelity of the record. But if that's the case, then they're selling a shitty copy isn't giving you that anyway. No, no. So if, if that's what people are selling or buying, just be cool if you got a shitty copy. Yeah. And sell a shitty copy for a reasonable price that people can at least feel good about the fact that they got the wax. And you, I man, if they paid any more than $20 for that record, they're idiots. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, it's bugged out, man. Man. Yeah. But th- I think so much of it, too, is just it's like... The Discogs game is crazy, you know. It is. It's doing crazy shit, you know. And it it's, is. it's it's just to you know get one more nerdy record thing in was I was I was surfing the Instagram of this really really heavy dude. I think he's out in Amsterdam. He, on the on Instagram he goes by Leon's Creation. I mean, dude is serious seriously heavy, right? Right. And he posts a flick of this Ted Dameron and John Coltrane record and that I own. And he posts the flick of the second pressing. All the pressings after the first one have a different cover, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, huh, that looks dope. And he's like, he's like big come up, second pressing. This is from like a couple months ago, I think. You know, second pressing, I, I never see this record. I mean, he's in Europe, so I don't know how, you know, different things go different places, but... Like, never see this record, uh, uh, you know, really dope music. And it's a straight-ahead piece, right? Nothing, we're not talking about, you know, breakbeat lube type shit. Just, right. Just good jazz, right? It's a good, it's a great record. And then some comments, and it's like, damn, that's amazing, fine. Last time I saw the original copy was on the wall for $750. And so I go into my stacks, and I pull out the original copy, with the original cover, just to be like, wait a second. Right. And I checked the fucking, what's it called? The, uh, not the serial number, but the the stamp, right? That they write into the fucking wax. Yeah. To make sure it's the original. Yes, it's the original copy on Prestige. And it has the original cover. And it's, you know, the cover's a little beat. The record's a little beat, too. Probably in like between, it'll probably in like very good condition. I don't know how people grade these things. Maybe it's in good, but it plays fine. Sounds great. You know, sure. a little crackle. And uh, I go online on Discogs, and there's one copy selling for $800. Wow. And the, uh, and I'm typing, you can hear the keys. I'm just checking this out right now to make sure that my, my whole long monologue is is on point mating call ted dameron with john coltrane on prestige 1957 the original we got one for sale for 778 dollars and 66 cents right now 
Wow. I bought mine for $3 in the A1 bargain bin. What happened here? And it's only been sold once, it looks like, on Discogs anyway for 50 bucks. What happened? I mean, I guess that would make an interesting fucking, like, I don't know, NPR story or something. Like, what I'm is sure. Discogs doing to these record prices? Why are they going up and down so dramatically? Like, what suddenly made this record more in demand? Did someone find out that they they actually only pressed, you know, 5,000 copies instead of the normal, you know, 50,000 or so? I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Right. But right. it's fucking weird, man. Like, what is that? I, I don't know. Anyway. That's I don't know. Our rant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all bizarre. It's all bizarre. I mean, I got a couple of... Uh, Barnes and Noble gift cards for Father's Day. And I'm just going to buy like new wax. Like, fuck it. I got the Kendrick Lamar Untitled Unmastered. A couple tracks on there I really like. And I think he makes good music. Like, I want to hear it sounding good. You know, like it's, it's well engineered. It's well mixed. It's well performed. And, uh, just as I'm looking around, I, mean, I could have got some books, but whatever. I don't know, man. The stuff they're selling, man. I, I feel like if you're really, really, if you're really going to spend $25 on a, a repress of a classic 80s Phil Collins record, <laughs> like if you're going to drop $25 on a 180-gram version of Hello, I Must Be Going, <laughs> like you kind of, de- like, yeah, you yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Like, yeah. take it. Take it. It's asinine. Like, what is this? Yeah. What is it? It's like it's like the other face on it, right? Like that's a dollar record, and you know it's it's getting the two hundred, uh, not two hundred, but like it's like this huge markup. It's insane. What twenty times the price? Twenty five times yeah. the price? Yeah, twenty five times the price. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But people are buying records, and you know the the lady at Barnes and Noble was all fired up to explain to me about how they're going to double their their shelf space dedicated to records <laughs> because they can't like, they just can't keep stock, and you know it's flying off the shelves. That's so crazy, man. It's really wild. Life is nuts. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Just so many more people that are doing it. Yep. So many more people buying records. Which on one hand is is cool, but it's just bizarre. It's bizarre. And they haven't really, like, you know, it's Barnes & Noble, right? So, like, they're never really going to be a place that sells the flyest of shit anyway. But, you know, the new Robert Glasper was there. There's some interesting, semi-interesting things. But it's really just mainstream stuff. Like, in the store. Yeah. You go online, they have yeah. yeah some other shit that's that's cool i don't know it's a weird I, mean, I guess the question is is there going to be a, in five years ten years are we going to be able to start copying the used joints at these spots are they yeah. going to go, go back i mean barnes and noble probably not but some of these big bookstores that sell the new vinyl is yeah. it going to be in their interest to sell to stock the the used vinyl um of some of this like formerly new like the represses but some you know i don't know yeah but otherwise i don't yeah it's like what what is going on dude 
I, I can't imagine in five years from now you're going to look at that brand new sealed copy of Phil Collins you bought and say, I'm glad I got that. I'm, I'm going to pull off the Phil. Maybe you are. Maybe you are. I mean, I don't mean to be dismissive. I've enjoyed the Phil Collins records I bought. You know, there's been a couple days, like two, literally, cleaning around the house. <laughs> like, I'm going to put on this Phil Collins I paid a dollar for. I feel like I got my dollar's worth. Like, right, like two listens. I'm at that dollar, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm even. I'm even. And in the unlikely situation where I play an 80 set somewhere, I got, I got it, right? I got it. I can make some money off of that, but I don't know where you. 180 gram Phil Collins. I, yeah. People are really, they're going for it, man. <laughs> they're going for it. They're repressing everything. Some stuff makes sense, right? Like David Bowie passed. Here's all the David Bowie represses. Yeah. I got you. I got you. I, I can't say I've ever really seen many. I'm sure I've seen some, but like Bob Marley original records in good shape. They're, you're not likely to find them. Like they're around, but people usually beat the shit out of them, roll the weed on them. You know, like, like they're not in the best shape. So if you want to buy Kaya for 19 bucks, you know, via Cundillos, enjoy. Like Bill Evans Trio, Portrait and Jazz. It's a beautiful record. You want a brand new copy and spend $19. Okay. But you're not buying AHA Take On Me for 25 bucks. Like That just shouldn't <laughs> be what any person that loves life and loves themselves and loves their financial future should be doing. There's limits, man. There's limits, man. There's limits. What's going on out here? Man. It, it makes me wonder about the thirst of these independent stores, that the dudes will be on you like that. It, it, I mean, it sounds like they were cool dudes, but it also sounds like they were really hungry to make some sales. They were, they were hungry, man. And, uh... But what's, what's bugged out to me is, like... Well, I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, they saw that I knew enough... Where I wanted, I was interested in the rare stuff. Right. But they were still kind of pushing other stuff on me as if I knew nothing. And, I mean, I knew nothing, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. let me yeah, put yeah, you yeah. on on, the, on this Foster Silvers. Right. You know? Right. Um, and it was like, but I, maybe, maybe so much of their new clients are these new kids who are just like, yeah, I'm ready to go in on the rare, even though I yeah. don't know anything about it. Maybe that's what they, you know. But but it seems like if that was the case, then they wouldn't be so pushy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if you felt confident, and this is a weird a weird thing about it all, like, if you feel confident that you can move it at the price that you want to move it at, then there's no need to push, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we're, we're, that's that's a $150 record here. If you don't want to bet, just leave it. It's cool. Cause yeah, some, exactly. Somebody's coming in a couple of days to cop that, so yeah. we're not tripping. Yeah. Like, it's funny, like, that that Prince record that I was going to get from my man that for like years was $8. And I just kept saying, I'll come back and get it because I felt like $8 was a little too steep. And then I come back and it's $20. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and I'm like, sell it to me for 15 He's like, nah, I'm not doing that. But then I look on Discogs and the cheapest price for it is 35 My man was right. Like he was right. Like, why am I going to sell it to you at a lower rate because I like you or because you caught me hiking up my prices? Yeah, I'm going to make this money. Yeah. So 
have a great day. Somebody will be in in a week and I'll make my money. So it's all good. But there was no sense of thirst at all. Just that's the price. Yep. Yep. And see, it's like the the better way to spin it, if they were really thirsting like that, is to say, well, this dude knows his shit. Let's just see if he has any holes in his crate. Exactly. Like, is there anything you're looking for that you, you know, like any pieces? And then if there are, yeah, we'll give it to you for this. Yeah. yeah. I would sell it around here for this, but what do you think about this for it? Well, I was very clear that I that that Ashby in, interests me. Like I was yeah. like, wow, like it's an original. I never see the original. This is right. dope. And if it had been in decent condition, fifty would have been no problem. Yep. Yeah. But it was like you don't. Like I I didn't want to shit on him. Like yo, do you see what condition this is in? Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. like how are you ignoring that? You know, mm-hmm. or have you just not listened to it? Which I don't. I don't know. But that's 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 real borderline to me because you have to really be either not you're either not careful about what you have and you're just straight up looking at the record cover and going on discogs or you're just like the sucker will buy it. Right. You know what I mean? Which then becomes disrespectful. Right. And and I guess right. I don't know. I'm really I'm going way too deep on this shit. But I do feel like if I'm coming in the spot and you figure out that I actually kind of know a little bit, and I'm I'm definitely not the most knowledgeable. But if I know a little bit, and I have some of the stuff, the expensive stuff you're pushing on me, then like you probably you probably should assume that I'm not. That I'm probably looking for deals, and I'm yeah, like you're saying, like looking for holes in the crate. I'm right. not, I'm not over here with the with the checkbook. You know what I mean? If I'm an experienced right. record head, then that means I'm, I probably didn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't assume that, but I just feel like most record heads I know, they came up on their good records by digging. They didn't come up on them by dropping fifties and a hundreds for the That's last. That's right. For the last 10 years, 15 That's right. years, 20 years. You know what yep. I mean? Yep. 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 And, and so therefore, the joints that you don't have <clears throat> are joints that are really hard to find. And you're probably willing to spend yep. for good copies of them. Yep. But you have a real clear sense of what a good copy is. Yep. So, like, that's the one thing that you can't really – you could come in on some prices. and it, I mean, depending on the level of head. Like, I, I I don't really know, like, like reasonable price ranges on everything, right? Like, a good copy of that soul, I probably would have thought, like, 150 uh-huh. is about the top limit uh-huh. of reasonable. I wouldn't have known that 300 is about where it goes. But I do know – under no circumstances will I, I have entertained any more than 20 bucks for a copy that has audible flaws. Yeah, exactly. Like, no matter what, like, it's just not that serious. Yeah. And to try to sell it like that is... I don't know. Especially when I can go and get, even on that record, I can get the repress from five years ago that's in mm-hmm. mint. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Forget mm-hmm. the MP3s. Yep. They they did some very nice represses of of some of these rare records because they're rare records, right? And I can go down the block and spend twenty bucks, to, you know, and get the nice copy. Mm-hmm. 
and it'll sound pretty much just as good. So like you're saying, it's really only for the collector side. And if it's the collector side, don't sell me the shit copy for that, you know? Anyway, we've been ranting on this for a minute. <laughs> I feel like there were other topics to get to. Um, uh, oh, well, just speaking of digging real fast, though, but uh, if you want to go here, uh, your guy Dan, shout out. Yeah. AKA Rep Life. Yeah. You guys were up in the city doing a little digging? Yeah, it was cool. We just uh we just hit up the one spot. And um I don't know, it was just a, it was a good like it was a good day in New York City. Word. You know what I mean? Which you live there, so I know you know what this is like. It's like a sunny day, it's not too hot, it's comfortable to walk around. You know, we we went it was a little bit earlier than the spot is open. He saw a little joint that that had nice beer. He could tell, like, and all the windows are open. You know, they're like the little corner cafes or whatever. Uh-huh. Corner bars, and they have all the windows open and you no know, breeze blowing in. We're talking about the calves. And then, you know, we went to A1, and I don't know. I don't get to dig with the homie often, so it's kind of fun when you go with a new friend and you see the stuff that they're checking for, and it's yep. different. Yeah. And they can pull stuff for you that you wouldn't have known. And, uh... I don't know. It was just great. It was a great day. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I had this weird, like, it's so, like, so the, the, the homie is in the back spinning, which it's one of the, the, like, I feel like underrated parts of a great record store are, is when they play shit that changes with the way you are buying music that day. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just playing so much fly shit. You're just like, all right, I know I had an agenda, but I'm I'm trying to get on with like what is that? What is that? Yep. And uh it's been a couple of st- spots where they put on something and I walk over and I'm like like 'cause you know, they sometimes I mean it, it really is like this is some shit we're selling. Do you want it? And there have been days where I've just walked over to the listening booth, like, what is this? How much is it? I'll take it. Like when you're done playing that song, just I'll take it. And uh, it was one of those days, like, there were two records I was kind of after. I, I want some Osunlade on vinyl. And Dan pulled a joint for me that was pretty cool at a good price. He's like, you know, it's like that's it's, it's got some joints on it. And I listened to it. It was dope. And, uh, you know, I'm after this Inner Life. I like mm-hmm. that band, Inner Life. Mm-hmm. Kind of 80s boogie funk shit. And uh, they had the their first album caught up in a... In a and a little, what is it? Caught up in a something love affair? Yeah, I'm after it and I can't even name the title. But they played some shit, man. And I, I put it all back. I put it all back. Like I'm getting that, which was great. Um, I don't know. It was just a great time. That's, but, that's a classic digging experience, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It was just good music, hanging out with a good friend. That's it. Or that's really it. For all the much, you know, cats, these expensive records. I mean, it's dope, but it's just all about like, and not to harp on it, but that's why sometimes it's just lame to push it for the money. Because really, it's just all about feeling good. Yep. Playing shit you like, being happy that you can play shit you like. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. But shout out to all the record stores that spend great music while you're in there. It's, it's, it's like, it's classic. Yeah. 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 
And not on that snob shit. Just on some... Let's listen to good music in the store. Because yep. there's a ton of good music in our store. So we're just going to play good music. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We need to open a record store. <laughs> we do, man. You know, the, there's this, uh, there's this the coffee shop I used to go to around the way that closed down. And uh, my wife, shout out, was like, you should you should open a coffee and record shop. Oh, man. Like, I, I should. Yeah. After. After I finish this PhD, hey. but but man, it would be dope. Just find a couple investors. Yeah. Come up. And, yeah. I'll come up and uh and run it with you. Yeah, man. It's good. Good coffee. Yeah. Good records. It's classic. Play good music. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And hey, man, if it's if it's gonna pay the bills, we'll even sell that fifty. That we'll sell that not fifty. We'll sell that twenty five dollars, Phil Collins. If that's what you want, friends, friends. If that's what you want. If you want the Kajagugu on one hundred eighty gram, right? If that's what you want, if you want Oingo Boingo, I'll even sell that um that used copy of uh, Michael Jackson. For thirty that I saw the other day, some hipster fucking record. Uh, uh, that guy was that was just straight hipster. That was straight out of the fucking cookie cutter, it, like back of the cereal box hipster. You know what I mean? My man had the mustache, the balding. He's over there late making lame jokes to cats. Right. He's, he's saying like borderline offensive things to potential customers. Right. Like an old dude steps up to the look through some crates, and he says something like, "Yeah, that's some music. I bet you know. I bet you listened to back in your day. How many of those LPs you got, pops? Some some shit like that. It's like, get out of here. What are you doing, man? Stop talking to people. Yeah. Stop talking. Oh. Uh, uh. Yeah, that shit is the worst. Yeah. That shit is the worst. Enough. Enough." We get it. You're here. We get it. <laughs> he sees me checking some jazz. He's like, hey, man, you know, I got some of that good that good beat digging stuff over here in this crate, too. You like that? You like those soundtracks? Just shut up, guy. Yeah, yeah. You know what's, you know what's, this, this is the move. Like, for everybody with a record store, really any kind of store, this is the move right here. I'll sum it up in one, two sentences. <laughs> Anything in particular you're looking for? Well, let me know if I can help. Oh, done. Oh, so simple. Done. Done. So and, simple. And based on how you answer, we can keep. We can go in, or I can stand right over here on the side and keep my mouth shut. One more story. So that reminds me, my man, our our man. I'm not going to mention his name, but he's in the record spot in Brooklyn. Mm. He's looking through some 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 of these joints. And he's on the phone with me. Mm. And evidently, we're talking about, we haven't gotten up in a second, so, you know, we're planning out, all right, let's 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 try to get up on some Ethiopian food. And after that, maybe we'll go check, you know, this concert, this Odyssey concert. Oh, word. So, cool. So, he's in the record spot, and he puts, this is told to me afterwards, puts the phone down, hangs up with me, and the dude in the store... Is like, hey man, 
what what Ethiopian spot are you going over to? Whoa. <laughs> and he's like he's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, the spot Buna Cafe. Oh yeah, Buna. That's a good place. I like that place. It's good food. It's really good. What concert are you going to? <laughs> are you really like am I really going back to a spot if they're like listening to my phone calls and the in the I mean I guess if like I was being a really obnoxious person on the phone, I could see someone being like dude, like next time you're on the phone, can you take that outside cuz that was really loud or whatever? Right. But like that to me is more of a relevant answer than I've been eavesdropping on your call. Let me like ask you more questions about what you're up to. Right. Like <laughs> what? Right. Just and then this is another I'm I'm breaking people off today. Just as a general rule, if you're ever in any way going to reference a conversation that you weren't involved in, it's just start off with an apology. Yes. I'm sorry. Yes. I overheard. I don't mean to pry. Yep. But yep. Yep. Like if you're not starting off with an apology, you're a creeper. You're a creeper. Yeah, these guys, man. You might be a creeper anyway, but at least be a polite <laughs> creeper. Right? <laughs> Get at least be a socially uh aware. But I guess if you're socially aware, you're not gonna be a creeper. I think that's probably just uh Ugh. You can't ask, nah, yeah. man, nah. Yeah. Or you yeah. have to have some fucking compelling reason, right? Like yep. some compelling reason. Like, all right, so I'm, I was getting the passport thing together uh, the other day, and I'm sitting at the table across the desk from this woman who's doing my paperwork, and she's speaking to someone in the other room and mentions that she has to go to Ohio, right? Mm-hmm. So... It's not like I'm over on the other side of the room and she's on her phone, right? We're at the desk across from one another. And if we're being like super sticklers on social engagement shit, it's slightly rude to be yelling at a person in the other room. But I didn't give a shit. I'm sitting there filling out paperwork and who cares, right? Like it's not that big a deal. Yeah. But then I say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to butt into your conversation, but we're part of Ohio. I'm from Ohio. And it turns out it's near, you know, but whatever, right? But, like, you start off with the apology, and there's some compelling reason. I'm from Ohio, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's a personal connection. So, like, let's say, for example, man, I've been looking for a good Ethiopian restaurant, and I cannot find one. I'm sorry I overheard. Where are exactly. you guys going? Is it good? Exactly. Compelling reason. Right? Oh, I met this girl or guy. I want to take them out someplace nice. Is mm -hmm. that a good place you're going? Mm -hmm. Compelling reason. Like, don't be a creeper. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't mean you can't have social interactions with That's people. Right. That's right. But creeping on this stuff is just, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. 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 It's dirty. It's gross. I have this lyrical renaissance here in front of me, but I don't know if there's other topics we need to touch on before we uh, we move into this um, this session. 
No, I, th- I think it's probably about that time. I don't know if there's anything else, anything else compelling out here. Did you want to touch on um, the stretch and Bob? Oh, do that off the. We already brought it up now. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I feel like now I look like a fucking jerk. Like, you know, hey, (laughs) do you want to talk about a cool thing that happened to me? Come on, man. No, 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 no. no. All right. This this is my fault because I'm forgetful. We spoke before about to do lists and I need a to do list. I need a to do list to do. Ask Ian about a legendary and influential on your personal life hip hop show playing your record. That's worthy of conversation. Look, I didn't have shit to do with the Cavs winning the title. I was in no way involved. You made this record, and they played it. <laughs> I think that's probably more worthy of discussion. So what, like, did you know they were going to play it? No. Wow. So all I'll say is it, it's kind of, it blows my mind that it actually happened. Um. The big, big, big shout out is, of course, to the one and only DJ Center. Right. Who got it in his hands. Yeah. Two years ago, but got it in his hands. And, um, yeah, I just saw that Stretch and Bob started a new show. So I was like, all right, let me check this this out. And listening, playing some dope stuff on there, you know. Stretch is going in with the reggae. Bob is playing like all kinds of Latin joints, all kinds of other joints. Um, they're kind of going like they're doing like like twenty to thirty minute sets back and forth for like two hours. Yeah, and um, and talking a little bit of shit in between, but not like over the top. I don't think. Um, and uh, I see that Bob played last week. I think there's another show today or yesterday. Bob played last week two yeah. of DJ Center's records. Right, right, and. Uh, and I was like, "Oh, that's dope." Let me text. Let me text Center and be like, "Yo, Bob, you know, I don't know if you know Bob played. I mean, I was like, right. you know, Bob played your joints on the new Stretch and Bob." And he's like, "Oh, word, yeah, Bob. Bob uh, hit me up yesterday. Said he was gonna play him. That's fresh." And then I was like, "Let me just let me see what you know. These guys. I've been doing this a lot recently. I mean, I've been doing it for a while, but especially recently. Like, what are heads playing? Like, what joints do I need to be up on?" Yeah. Big shout out to Little Dave and Junior. You know, the mm-hmm. record-breaking cats, their eavesdrop radio show is, is key listening. I've been definitely checking a lot of the joints they've been dropping. Yep. Um, just ordered a really dope new jazz piece out of London uh, the other day that they played. Uh, Ash, Ashley something, I forget his last name. But anyway, so good music is out there, right? right new good right, music right. that I want to know about or new re-edits, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So I checked the, the week before track listing for Stretch and Bob. And I'm looking at it, and then there it is. DJ Ian Head, Travel Jazz. Wow. And I was just kind of like, what? What? And admittedly, it's the last set, last record in Bob's set. They basically talk over most of the record. He kind of turns it up and turns it down. Stretch is talking about how many bongos. He's making fun of how many bongos Bob is playing in his, in his, music, in his selections. But anyway, it was cool, so... Bob played my record. I don't know what else to say. It's a, a lifetime achievement moment, and that's it's incredible though. It's kind of crazy. It's crazy yeah. to think about, you know. Yeah, I mean? yeah. Wow. Right on. 
So this, oh, when you say, go on. I was going to give another quick shout out because you mentioned the homie, uh, uh, little Dave. Yeah. Excellent reception. If you start checking for that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Check for it. Internets. Internets. Excellent reception podcast. Classic. Yeah. Yeah, man. He did the Prince one. It was like, like the Prince bootlegs. Every joint I would have chosen. Oh, word. That's fresh. It was that. I mean, so basically I'm taking that as a personal, like I, I know good music, right? Like I would have picked the same shit that Lil Dave picked and mm-hmm. Lil Dave picked it. So mm-hmm. basically I'm certified. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Those guys know really good music, man. That I, I as much as I can, I, I check for um, yeah, that eavesdrop radio because they're yeah. playing they're playing joints on there. I need to check it more, man. They're, they're and they're incredibly sweet dudes, man. They're really yeah, nice. Yeah, they're they nice. are. They're, those guys are great. Yeah. All right, lyrical renaissance. I'm gonna run through this lyrical renaissance and then I, I gotta bounce. Yeah. Um, we're gonna take it back with some old school braggadocio. Ooh. I don't know how this is going to come off, but let's just get into it. Right on. Lord Finesse, the one and only. Mm-hmm. When you think of Lord Finesse, what do you think about? I just can see his face. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was never the biggest dig it in the crates head. Uh-huh. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to describe this. So I was I was definitely big on the uh the Diamond D and Psychotic Neurotics, like stunts, blunts and hip hop I ran a lot. Uh-huh. But other than that, I never really I showbiz and AG. Like I always loved them when they were featured on other joints. So it's like this kind of background noise. Or like as uh, not noise. It's this sound that's in the background of my memory of that era, if that makes any sense. Word. Word. So it's like his is a face. With kind of, and I've gotten into it more in recent years, but I still to this day, and I swear, like somebody, like I just said a minute ago, I'm certified. Someone's gonna come and take my sheet, but like, I don't think I've ever listened to a Lord Finesse record from beginning to end. I don't know if I. Have, I mean, I've listened to the one that this is on a couple of times from beginning to end, but I can't pretend like I know. I really know it beyond yeah. a couple of joints. Yeah. Well, what about you? What comes to because it was an interesting question. What what comes to mind for you? Well, to me, for a long time, what comes to mind is the beats. Yeah. Because I think DITC, I think the beats. When That's it comes right. to the MCing, I actually always, I always thought, you know, new Lord Finesse from the dope beat beats that he put put together. Yep. And then I realized it was later that like he was originally known as like the illest on the punchlines and the rapping, you know, right. which he has the hilarious classic punchlines from back in the day but uh yeah but i'm not i'm not like i mean it's not really the kind of stuff that i really like i'm really checking for you know so rhyme wise so but here we go it makes it good for lyrical renaissance yes this is lord finesse praise the lord (laughs) right on all right i i honestly don't even know this song that well yeah Um, i don't know i don't know why i'm laughing but i'm anticipating because yeah. I have I have something in my mind. Oh, okay, keep going. Right. Go ahead. Here we go. I think it's just oh, there's it's a little bit of cuts and scratches in the middle, but otherwise we're talking about just he's just going, he's just ripping Mike right. straight through. Right. This is not a classroom, so put your hands down. Ah, fuck it. Let me tell you who I am now. Finesse is my nickname. The way I kick game. 
girls don't try to figure me out because it's a dick thing. <laughs> I kick rhymes with beats that slam with force. I'm so gifted my name should be Santa Claus because I flow. In fact, I, I got the better show. I'm the baddest motherfucker that you'll ever know. I get hype and live on a party tip. I kick more ass than the star of a karate flick. We're, we're talking about just vintage 90s. That's right. That's <laughs> Rhyming right. styles here. That's the slang, right. the way he's coming off. Yep. yep. So, just, so just chill. Don't even play yourself. Grab a seat. Watch finesse. Behave yourself. I school MCs on the RAP scoop. If you want to diss me, that's okay with me, troop. <laughs> troop. Okay, troop. I'm sorry. Troop. I, f- I finished the album. I st- I'm still kicking new shit. So step to this. You'll get snapped like a toothpick. And for those who think finesse is in last place, you get the Bozak and the motherfucking gas face. Doubled them up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got fired up. <laughs> Not just the Bozak to the gas too. Yeah, keep your distance. Bite one rhyme, I'll be forced to put a fist in action or a motion because I've got the potion. My my frame of mind is deep like the ocean. Call me Jaws because I'm eating yours. Or call me a star because I go on tours. Or call me Swift because I ain't no myth. A brother got a rift, then I'm forced to lift. That means kill deceased when a brother got a beef. I swell up eyes or I knock out teeth. Now you can't beat this or even get with this. Watch Mike smooth, smooth spin it back with the quickness. And then Mike Smooth gets on the cuts and scratches. Wow. Should I wow. go verse two? Yeah, a little bit more verse two. Verse two. Yeah. Make way for the brother called Finesse. The man with the S on his chest. Can't even mess. With the player funky rhyme sayer, I make crazy paper whenever I kick the flavor. A tractor all ragged. Shit gets dramatic. Suckers had it. Bitches cling like static. I'm a brother that people want to see more. MCs will get rode up and down like a seesaw. <laughs> Sorry, no way. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> or, or play like blackjack as I kick a fat rap. Those that those that are rude or inter, intrude get a back slap. Because I'm raw or smooth like Cam A. Fucking plan B, I'm getting over with plan A. I can show and prove why brothers can't last with me. As soon as the mic gets passed to me, you need to chill because y'all are over the hill. Or MCs that can't deal need to leave the field. And head to the back door. Because if it wasn't a finesse, Lord Finesse, then who would you clap for? Mm. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me jump to this point right here. Just real quick. Yeah. Who would we clap for? <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm just seeing if there's any clap. Because it's just, we're just talking about punchline after punchline. I know. I, know. I, I break a motherfucker <laughs> like a crayon. Um, yeah. I flip faster than a brother on a trampoline. Set it off real quick. Drop the crazy ill shit. So stop sweating me. Get off the Dillsnick. I'm waiting for those who want to flip, cause this isn't as, this ain't as funky as I'm gonna get. 
on a fast tip. I still drop mad shit. Come one, come all, step up, you'll get your ass whipped. When it comes to skills, I'm all that plus more. Throw your hands in the air. Praise the Lord. There it is. There it is. There it is. What, what happened to the Dills, Nick? The Dills. <laughs> I guess it's just dick with ills in the middle. Yeah. I feel like there's, right. a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, different different ways that that people came up with to reference what's going on down there. That's the, right. The Dills, Nick. That's right. The, the, the Dills, Nah. I feel like there was very various. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's important. <laughs> it's important. Uh, can't be a, yeah. but, you can't be male without a penis. You know what I mean? Boom, that's, science that's, just got dropped. That's just, you know, that's that's American patriarchal logic right there. Yeah. So basically any and all domination has to start with the penis. <laughs> Which is getting... Which is getting us into, I mean, it's not funny, but it's getting into some rape culture logic right there, no, right? No, it's, it's, yes. It's, it's like, no. Yeah, so, so these little ridiculous jokes and stuff, like, but it's so true, man. Like, like male domination starts with the penis. America. I guess it's a lot more than America, but, you know. The Dilsnick. The Dilsnick. And Bozak. The Bozak. Was, was the Bozak just the sack, or that's, that's, like, is that, <laughs> that Franken Beans? <laughs> <laughs> I never figured that out. When I think of the Bozak, pause. When I think of the Bozak, I think of EPMD and Eric Sermon singing, Get That's the Bozak. Right. The Bozak, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so juvenile. It's so juvenile. Get the Bozak. Get the Bozak. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Well, that's what we leave you with, listeners. Yep, it's why you came. It is why you came. And I don't know if you heard the firecracker going off in the outside my apartment, but it's starting. It's that time of year. Yeah. It's that time of year. Our dog is cowering somewhere, I'm oh, sure. God, I'm sure. It's awful. Mm-hmm. Right on. <sighs> Fresher right. than your father. We'll try not to make you wait so long next time, but I think we said that last time. 